Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Redemption Meditations. I'm Lee, and I'm joined this evening by Steve. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, as anyone hearing or viewing might might notice, Dana is not with us. Um, he has uh, he, he has briefly relocated uh, in an attempt to uh, to subdue the Mothman. So he's he's currently in <laughs> he's currently in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. We've heard some catalytic converters have been stolen there, and the Mothman mm. is the only the only culprit. So, um, so Dana has gone there to to take dominion and uh, put an iron chain around the the Mothman's neck. So, well, hopefully he comes back refreshed and restored after some Mothman corralling. We 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 wish him Godspeed in his efforts to to take dominion over yeah. the forces of darkness. Yes. So we'll soldier on without him this evening, and uh, and you presented a, I think a very uh, interesting topic. Uh, so the the topic of theological triage, mm-hmm. um, which sounds very uh, very first aid. Uh, <laughs> would you would you mind to venture on a definition of what theological triage is? Sure. Well, I'll start out with the fact that. Uh, that that term was not uh, birthed by me. That I, I'm I'm shamelessly stealing that from Albert Moeller. I don't know if he came up with that or he got it from somebody else, but that's who I got it from. So I'm, I'm glad to the, ascribe it to him. Even yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not smart enough to come up with all these fancy terms. I just uh, <laughs> find smart guys to take it from. So that's right. That's right. Uh, so so the gist of theological triage. Uh, it, it's uh, another way of saying that would be theological urgency. So if we took, if we found 100 people uh, identifying as Christian, and as we began to ask questions and swim in deeper and deeper theological waters, it's pretty much inevitable that we would find out that they don't all agree. And and some of those uh, differences are going to be pretty trivial, and some of those differences are going to be very significant. And so the idea of theological triage is discerning between what is really significant, like this is a real problem, and what is a difference, but it's not the end of the world. It's, uh, you know, we just land in a different place. And figuring that out and how big a deal we should make those differences. So when it comes to theological triage, um, from what I've heard when people have talked about it before, um, they've talked about it in in sort of three mm-hmm. um, three levels. Of, so primary doctrines, sec- secondary doctrines, and then tertiary doctrines or, or third level, mm-hmm. uh, which is such a good word. Um, yeah. It also, for whatever reason, makes me think of turtles, and I don't know why. <laughs> but that's another story. Yeah, you got me there. I don't know. I can't connect those dots. <laughs> no uh, idea. So there, there's a quote, and I'm actually I'm pulling it up so I don't I don't um, butcher it. Uh, so it it reminds me, and, and I think this this quote has been used, although I don't know that I don't think a Christian necessarily came up with it, but it's been used in discussions of this in essentials unity, in non essentials liberty. In all things clarity. Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, or charity, I mean. Sorry, charity, not clarity. Yes, yes. And all things clear. Yeah. Charity. So uh, I like that. Um, I, I Like I said, I'm not sure who came up with that. I don't. Do you know who came up with that? I should have done I, some research. I want to say that's a uh, fire fellowship thing. I think I've seen mm-hmm. that on their website. I think that's now, right. I don't know if they came up with it, but I'm pretty sure if you go to the fire fellowship website, it's right there on the home page. I, I believe I don't have it pulled up, but if I'm if I'm mm-hmm. recalling that accurately, I'm doing some some rapid millennial Googling right now. <laughs> uh Yes, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Yeah, yeah. And There's that's, sort of uh, a threefold division there of, yeah, of it, things. It definitely is paralleling the three orders or levels of uh, of theological triage. Yeah. For sure. So uh, let's uh, let's spend a little time and break those down. So um, the, the, uh, the first level doctrines – uh, the essentials, the, to use that, the, the saying, um, what are some of those essentials? So these would be the things where if someone is landing, if we have significant differences when it comes to primary or first order uh, um, theology or, or principles, we're probably going to have to recognize the fact that these people aren't even Christians. Mm-hmm. So these are the things where we we need to be right on these issues in order to faithfully be able to recognize another person as a Christian. So these big things that are going to sound familiar to a lot of people, uh, the deity and humanity of Christ, yeah, um, his sinless life, uh, the, the Trinity. Mm-hmm. So people who mm-hmm. would deny that we have a. We, we would say are standing outside the scope of Christianity. Uh, the resurrection. Yeah. Um, justification by faith. You know, yep. you start getting into some weird areas with that. Uh, it gets outside of what we would call Christian real fast. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's not an exhaustive list, but there's a, you know, there's a few examples there where we would just say, boy, we are not going to the same heaven, man. <laughs> you know, if you're if you're denying some of these things that we're affirming, we're not brothers in Christ, right? You know, right? Yeah, uh, in first order doctrines like that are are not only ways that can help us um, determine what's what's a false religion. So obviously, um, religions like Islam. Um, Buddhism, Hinduism, these are these are things that that violate those essentials, uh, mainly because they're all uh, they all um, fail to recognize Christ as who he he is and, mm-hmm. and who he was in his incarnation uh, in some way or another. Uh, they might they might all have a person named Jesus in their cosmology somewhere, but it's yeah. not the same Jesus as the actual Jesus who who. Uh, who took on flesh and and still lives in a resurrection body and is our our mediator. Um, yeah. So, uh, but it also distinguishes between um, cults, right? That would call themselves Christian. Right. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. You've got a lot of people who. That's why I described it that way. They would they would stand underneath the banner of Christianity, and yet faithful Christians 
biblical Christians would have to say, you know, we have a first order problem here. So the Mormons, our Mormon friends mm -hmm. would def would identify themselves as Christian. They would say, yeah, we're, we're believing in the same Jesus. And it doesn't take much study to realize, no, we're not there. The, the Jesus they're affirming is some other Jesus. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, the, 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 it, and so it's a different gospel and there's mm -hmm. not salvation there. We may agree on a lot of social issues and political issues yeah. and vote for some of the same people and sound the same <laughs> and live similarly. And yet a, a faithfulness to the text and a, and a clear and clarity on the gospel and who Jesus is compels us to say, we're not playing for the same team here. Right. You know, right. you sound like it, but we're not, mm -hmm. we're not. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, you, you hit on a lot of things that have to do with the doctrine of God. Uh, so theology proper and Christology. So knowing, knowing God, especially I I Trinitarian ways and knowing Christ properly too, but it almost seems any more the, um, and tell me if you think I'm off base on this, the, the um, divisions over um, human sexuality have become a primary order <laughs> doctrine at this point, or yeah, at least so, are approaching it. Well, so I had a, I had a question for you on this actually, because um, I think what the one thing I didn't mention at the outset would be simply authority of scripture. Yeah. So I, I think um there's a there's a point where we could say we have some differences on that and you're still within the bounds of orthodox christianity and yet you're probably not going to stay there if you if there's some practical deny yeah. there's going to be a time when you're going to have a, a christology problem a gospel problem and things mm -hmm. like that now you mm -hmm. may not today I would argue today it could be a second order issue, right. but eventually it's going to be a first order. I mean, what do you think? Would you, where would you categorize authority of scripture uh, on the triage yeah. table? I think authority of scripture is definitely a primary, a primary doctrine because um, if you don't have, if you don't have agreement on that, um, and, and I'm not even talking about like theological interpretation, right? Um, yeah. I'm just saying, is the, is the the scripture our highest authority or not, or is it the mores of the culture? Is that our highest authority? Um, because if you don't have scripture as your highest authority, then uh, you will drift uh, into some sort of error eventually, given enough time. Um, it's like the uh, what they talk about airplanes. Like if if uh, if the trajectory is off, uh, I should have some of the pilots at church uh, explain this, but. <laughs> If your trajectory is off by a degree, um, your your ending point will be dramatically off. So your yeah. initial measurement, if it's even a little bit askew, um, you will be dramatically off course uh, and rather quickly. And and I I feel the same way about um, individual Christians, but also uh, churches, individual churches and denominations that are not rock solid on the authority of Scripture, um, calling sin sin. And not calling good things sin, and not calling good things, uh, not calling good things sin, and not calling sin a good thing. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it, and so I think, 
it might as well be a primary doctrine because you're going to you're going to end up violating something somewhere along the way if you're not in line with scripture. Um, and that's how yeah. you know I, I don't mind saying that um, you know the PC USA is a, an apostate uh, denomination. Um, they voted unanimously for uh, full affirmation, and, and they're not the only. I mean, they're not the only denomination that's done that in recent years, but um, but they're also <laughs> bearing in their numbers the due penalty for their error <laughs> to 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 slightly yeah. adjust Romans a little bit. But yeah, um, yeah, I I think it is uh, it is if not corrected, it is inevitable that some of those other first order things will fall also mm -hmm. you know and and maybe early on you kind of like you said with the trajectory of the airplane you look really on course but you're actually pointed way off course given enough time it'll mm -hmm. be really obvious because as soon as you say so the test of authority of scripture is always kind of like submission to different authorities, right? Mm -hmm. Authority of scripture, the rub there is always, there's something in there I don't particularly like, <laughs> right? Nobody has a problem with authority of scripture when it's telling me or commanding yeah. things that I want to do anyway. It's always the things, the, you know, I love your enemies. Oh, I don't want to do, Ugh. you know, it wh whatever it is, right? The things that are hard or the things that maybe to put a finer point on it, cut directly against sort of the cultural current mm -hmm. where that the mm -hmm. culture is flowing can we hold fast to the authority of scripture mm -hmm. or are we going to find some reason why well this isn't relevant they didn't think about this these are just you know what how whatever we need to do to clear the hurdle of throwing this out and ignoring it yeah as soon as you do that with this well, now you're just going to do it with anything that comes along that I don't particularly like. We should right. we should all have things where we – this is why you preach through books of the Bible at a verse at a time, right? Because yes. you're going to inevitably run into something that might not, you know, be overwhelmingly popular in the, in, uh, in the congregation, mm -hmm. you know? None of us would write this in our Bible, but it is yeah. here, and we – and it is authoritative, and uh, you you open up that can of worms of, well, this one doesn't count. This isn't right. What mm -hmm. we should do is actually the opposite of what these words say. Right. Oh, is, yeah. It, uh, it's very uncomfortable. You know, how many yeah. times just in Dana's uh, exposition of Leviticus did we talk about and think have to consider a subject that none of us would have preferred to think about on a Sunday <laughs> right. morning. And, I, yeah. and I'm not talking just about the long lobe of the liver or the goat yeah. demons, but, uh, <laughs> but other things too. And, but that that's actually good for us because it's in, yeah. it's in scripture for a reason. And, and we need to give consideration to things that are hard to consider or uncomfortable to consider. Um, and so, um, yeah. So one other thing on the, on the first order, and I, I want to just touch briefly on the, uh, on the secondary level, but, um, this issue, uh, is, is one place where I kind of have to give the, uh, the fundamentalists in the original crowd of the fundamentalists a, a little bit of credit because they really did major on, on these things. Um, some of them went a little far and and actually used these to to make divisions where they probably shouldn't have. But um, standing up for um, the essentials of the faith, I mean, that's why they were called fundamentalists, because they're like, these are the fundamentals. Uh, th this is what our faith is built on. 
um, the inerrancy and authority of scripture, um, the holiness of God, right? The, you know, uh, solid Christology, uh, miracles, especially, um, that was, a that was a thing, especially in the early 20th century that the liberal church was, was going hammer and tongs against was any, anything miraculous in scripture. And, and they really stood up for that. Now, like I said, they, they ended up taking things a little, a little too far, but, um, that's a worthy thing to know where to draw the, the correct lines and, and actually take your stand there is, is courageous. Yeah. I've, uh, it has been said that um, theological liberalism um, can lead to you arguing there are no first order <laughs> oh, principles, true. right? Ah, it's all true. good. Yeah. And then fundamentalism run amok can lead to there's no such thing as anything other than a first order principle. If yeah. you disagree with us about any of these other uh levels or orders we'll talk about here that's a fundamental you're not a christian you mm -hmm. land in a different place you're you're not going to heaven that's it you know yeah. so but so, like like we often say there's a ditch on each side of the road yeah right yep. and your car's just as crashed if you drive into <laughs> either one you're 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 wrong and off base either way yeah. yeah you know and we tend to like to crank the wheel one way or the other yeah, and not work, stay on work hard track. to avoid both ditches. Yes, yes. Keep it on the road, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so first order doctrines. We've we've got that sorted. Um, what's this secondary level? This kind of muddy middle, maybe. <laughs> so, so uh, secondary se second order doctrines are going to be things that are are serious differences um, or boundaries between regenerate faithful Christians, people who are, you know, two guys are both going to heaven. They're both faithful believers, but they have significant differences about things. And the, mo and the, the, the most obvious issue uh, as an example of this would be baptism. Mm -hmm. You know, we can look to our brothers and sisters uh, who are in the Presbyterian church, faithful Presbyterian churches yeah. who just land in a different place on this are faithful to the gospel, they're uh, faithful on the order of scripture and who Christ is and all those things, and they just land in a different place. So mm -hmm. this is, these are issues where you're going to have a hard time remaining in the same church in leadership, at least. You've got to pick a team, right? Mm -hmm. Either you're going to, for example, baptize the babies in this church or you're not, right? <laughs> right. Like there's, there's some no things middle like ground. that where you just have to say there could be room for disagreement with with probably outside leadership, but the church has got to do it one way or the other, yeah. right? Yeah. Um. Uh. The, the other one I would say, uh, is uh. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. I would say that's a first order. Never mind. I was gonna say, I I was gonna say uh women pastors but that's an authority of scripture problem so i guess i would go back to you could have a temporary time where author where you're going to hold to all those other first order mm -hmm. issues but now you've rejected authority of scripture where we could say boy you're holding to all those things <laughs> right. but to we're headed in a bad direction yeah 
I, I think you have back. a point there, though, because um, I think you can get to a point where if a secondary, if a secondary order, second order doctrine is um, is misused the improper way, it, it will actually be it can actually be a violation of a first order doctrine. Yeah. Uh, so they are. I mean, this whole thing is interconnected. It's not it's not just, you know, three layers and, and never shall they be mixed. You know, right. theology is connected, uh, especially reformed yes. theology. Every 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 major doctrine informs the other one. So if something if something's out of whack, it's going to cause uh, it's going to rip at the seams of, of other things, too. So I, I get where you're coming yeah. from on that. I, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I think there. I think you definitely have to have more unity. Within, you know, church leadership than you might in the congregation as a whole. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you could look at the congregation and say, wow, people are landing in some pretty different areas and we still have unity on the fundamentals and we mm -hmm. have glad fellowship together and that's all great. Mm -hmm. But if yeah. you had those same differences in the elder room, mm -hmm. right. that stands to be a much bigger problem. Right. right. You know, so you got to be tighter on these. If you're talking about church officers. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Different story. Right. Um, I, I've I've considered for a long time that um differences in, in eschatological view are a, a secondary level. Okay. Uh, so the only only reason being I, I often think about primary level doctrines as something having to do with um salvation or damnation. You know, a violation of one could actually send someone to hell. That's that's the the essentials. Um, I think among, um, you know, the the four major uh, eschatological camps, uh, I think a church would be um, uh, a church would be in trouble if they decided to make one of those the only correct one and all all other uh, people who subscribe to any other uh, are anathema. Um, yeah, there's room I, I for agree. healthy debate. Uh, right. And it's good. Um, but not, I find not worth completely dividing over. Yeah. But I agree with that. But it's important enough to not be like a, a shirt tail doctrine, <laughs> which are, yeah. Uh, and I'll say some tertiary doctrines are some of my favorite doctrines to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because there's so, there's so low risk to being on the wrong side, I guess. But um, where, where would you place on this, you know, first, second, third? Uh, order scale uh, differences when it came to soteriology. Where do you think that would land? Well, um, being the, so, this is where I, I sometimes want to get back in my uh, in my cage, you know, and, and rattle <laughs> around a little bit. But uh, um, under understanding how God saves doesn't save you, right? So, um, right. I think there are. I think there are actually good brethren in the faith in um, in the Arminian world, right? Who are I actually yeah. actually believers. I know there are some Calvinists out there that say that all Arminians are heretics. I don't believe that's true. Yeah, uh, that's never been true um, because theology doesn't save you. God does. Um, and if you were to study theology a little more carefully, you'd probably come over <laughs> come over to this side, but. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I'm always happy to try to encourage uh, a more solid soteriology. 
Um, but I don't think that's a primary order doctrine simply because God's the one that does the saving. Um, and there have been many, many good people that have been um, regenerated in spite of some pretty terrible uh, free will exalting sermons <laughs> because the spirit can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. So um, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to get in the way of that, but would I prefer more people be uh, Calvinistic in their soteriology? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I, I I think you I would have a hard time putting it up there on a first order uh, level. Yeah. Um, because I think there are people who, obviously, I think are wrong who who would passionately disagree with us on <laughs> on on those things. Yeah. And I can't say, oh, and you're not going to go to heaven because of that, right? Um, yeah. So now Absolutely. now you Absolutely can take agree. that so far. Like you can get into like Catholicism, right? You know, where it's a rejection of justification by mm -hmm. faith. Mm -hmm. Where I do think it now it's a first yeah. order yep. issue, but that's not yeah. usually what you're talking about. Yeah. You're actively you're teaching about... people error that will that will prevent it, not prevent, but it will cloud the gospel. Yes, uh, and, it becomes and, a gospel problem. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah, and that's different than. You know the Arminians and the Calvinists fighting with each other. That's 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 a different. That's a whole. And that's uh, because Rome is not Catholic. It has never. <laughs> it is not. It is not part of the small C Catholic Church. It is a schism from the Catholic Church. Yeah. So I'm I'm back on my soapbox. It, it happens yeah. way too often, but uh, um... we got to get our dig in on the on Rome every <laughs> podcast somehow some way. We're gonna bring it back to Rome and. Throw right. a rock or two right. and then move on to whatever we're talking about. We we still affirm against the papacy <laughs> and we will continue to affirm against the papacy. There you go. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I want to talk about my probably my favorite level of, of uh, theological triage, which is the tertiary level. Um, uh, I, I have a couple examples uh, of, of some tertiary doctrines, but um, do you have any particular um ideas in um so so the way that the way that i think of of um the third level uh is these are doctrines that are um that are biblical right so these are things coming from the bible um maybe a little bit shrouded in mystery to the point that um it's difficult to to have a hard and fast stance on on an exhaustive description of, of what this doctrine is um which makes it really fun to talk about um and your uh, the margin of error <laughs> um you know is a little different than the others you you can veer off a little bit and, and not not be super damaging um but also um th these are good doctrines that um help us be a little more uh, in tune with scripture, I, I suppose, even if we can't fully wrap our mind around, around what it is. Um, so any, uh, in, in your mind, any particular third level doctrines that stand out to you as, as something to highlight? Well, I would say, um, when you start getting way into the weeds on eschatology, not just oh. the major camps, yeah. but, you know, we can, we can dive way deep on that. And, oh, I think this, I think that I would, I would relegate some of that down to the third level of, of, uh, 
a, a third mm -hmm. order issue, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, maybe not everything when it comes to eschatology, but certainly when you get into the dirty details of the issue, yeah. I think that's a third level thing. Yeah, I think um, you you could get into all sorts of Christian liberty things, <laughs> right? right? Where, where people have different <laughs> convictions about things that we should do this, we shouldn't do this, we should have... We, we can have this at our house. We can't have it. I can partake <laughs> in this. I can't like you, we could go on forever on that, that are. Whether you boycott best. Target every year when they when they right. put a rainbow ad up. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's all kinds of things like that, that, that you could just go on endlessly, that these are at best tertiary, you mm -hmm. know, maybe they don't even rise to that level, mm -hmm. but, you know things people feel very strongly convicted about and they just have a hard time seeing how any good Christian could do this or not <laughs> right. do that or whatever. That's yeah. a third, that's the ceiling on those is a third level issue. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff going on in Genesis <laughs> where <laughs> especially chapter six, maybe especially <laughs> chapter six where you can have uh, faithful Christians land in very different places and this is a third level issue you know and i i'm with you i love to talk about all that and probably at some point we'll wait for dana to return from his mothman hunting but <laughs> uh you know we'll 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 uh i'm sure we'll get into that at some point you know whenever that day comes because that's just fun you know yeah we start getting into things that are starting to step out into speculation sometimes <laughs> you know we don't have all the dots connected for us but we're just trying to be thoughtful about it mm -hmm. third level issues what what, what do you yeah. have what else do you have uh th that stuff it, it was what was foremost in my mind you know uh discussing you know if the if the uh the men of renown from genesis 6 are uh descendants of seth or if they're nephilim you know fallen angel human hybrids uh you know speculations about what in the world was happening at the tower of babel uh things that mm -hmm. aren't plainly said in scripture and there's not a ton of of clearer texts by which we can read those texts which is what hermeneutics is all about if you find a difficult text you find a related text to that one that is clearer and that will help inform the meaning of the more difficult passage uh sometimes there are just things that are are too don't have that level of support and uh and you can't be too hard and fast about it but boy is it interesting yeah uh, yeah i um, agree various pet theories that i have about different weird things from the bible they're just fun to talk about um yeah. and they really they can be edifying um for sure and i i think the best um the best interaction that we have with tertiary doctrines are things that make us go, oh, wow, I really should read that passage again. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's always going to yeah. drive us back to to scripture and appreciating the oh, man. I wish I had my 1689. I, I would read the um, um, in the chapter about Holy Scripture talking about the I'm going to I'm going to botch this, too. I'm tired. Uh, but talking about like the majesty of the style. um the the yeah. even the literary aspect of the Bible, like obviously mm -hmm. we know that it's uh, inspired truth from God for our benefit for life and godliness, but even just it's a great yarn too, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, really good stories, really interesting stuff happens, and so um, 
even from that aspect, uh, e- even if it's even if our our faith isn't necessarily being informed and we're learning something new about God, just being able to admire the the glory of His Scripture and and the weird stuff that's part of His creation that we don't really understand, especially in in the uh, in the unseen realm. Um, yeah, it should it should drive us to love God more and to and to love His Scripture more and and search it. Yeah, the fact that we have such a such an unsanitized history of the of our mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. is extremely unusual. You don't usually get that. It it gets very polished up, and we skip all the parts about uh, oh, he had a child out of wedlock, or then he did this <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Like we don't usually get that, right? Yeah. And we kind of get all the dirt, you know. Uh, yeah. We we just get like this is what this guy did. Here's what he was up to. And, you know, I think of that, you know, that uh, Hebrews 11, that faith chapter where mm-hmm. he just runs down, shut the mouths of lions, put foreign armies to flight, did it, you know, yeah. women got back their debt, like this whole, like, just like Whoa, overarching, <laughs> look at all these amazing things that have happened in the history of our people going all the way back to the garden. Like you said, it's an amazing story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right now, we yeah. we would say because it is history, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's it's 100%. incredible what's happened, yeah. you know. So, and you know, for something I enjoy has been reading other other religions' texts, um, and and making comparisons to the Bible. And you're exactly right. Nobody, no no cult, um, no false religion has ever. Um, produced a text like the Bible. Um, they're not, they don't follow a historical timeline, at least not very well. Um, and the whole warts and all description of the, of the saints that they, that they revere. Um, but you never see that. You like, you never see that. The Quran is no. not like that. Yeah. Um, the lives of the Bodhisattvas in, uh, in, in Buddhism is not like that. Like those guys were, well, in, 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 in Buddhism, those are the guys that attained enlightenment and stayed instead of going into nirvana, stayed behind. So, of course, they're practically like floating through the world. <laughs> uh, that is not Abraham or Isaac or Jacob. No, no. Uh, and, and and we're we're better for knowing the real story of, of those guys that they didn't make it. You know, they weren't they hadn't arrived. Uh, they right. weren't sinlessly perfected. Uh entirely sanctified in their lifetimes they were Um, scoundrels yeah yeah man (laughs) and god used them scoundrels saved by faith yes exactly wild exactly wild yeah well any uh any any final thoughts on our on our topic of the evening before we ascend the library ladder no i think that's it i hope you know people kind of have a gist of of what theological triage means and and the importance of getting that right and not elevating things higher than they should be, or I guess allowing those primary issues to fall. Mm-hmm. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a problem too. So. Yeah. 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 Um, keeping the primary things primary, not letting other issues encroach on those and, and cloud it up. Um, and also not letting things go lax. Um, and this helps our fellowship. This helps our, our faith. Uh, and make sure that we're we're facing the the right direction. Yeah. So, excellent. Well. Yeah. Um. What 
any any tomes to to recommend this evening from your from your vast library? <laughs> yeah, I do actually. I was uh, I, so I was thinking about you know the election last week didn't go how a lot of us wanted it to, and I I don't know about you, but I tend to have a problem of consuming a, an amount of news that is that goes beyond edifying, right? Like it's guilty. You, you accomplish being informed and then you continue to consume news way beyond that. And inevitably what happens, um, I'm sure it doesn't happen to anybody else, but for, for me is, oh, that's it. The world's coming to it. You know, they're coming <laughs> to get us, right? And we get very- or Do some I, newspaper eschatology right there. Yeah, well, you, you, you at least get very doom and gloomy, right? And there's a there. It, it would be easy to slip into, oh woe is us that we're yeah. being persecuted like this. And so I went back. I've read this uh, book a long time ago, but I, I think uh, "Tortured for Christ" oh. is a great reminder of what actual persecution is. Wow! Yeah, so this is a guy who was a Christian. Uh, in the 40s and 50s in uh, communist Romania, mm-hmm. where they're literally being persecuted. Like van pulls up, scoops you up, <laughs> throws you in there. They tell your family you're dead and mm-hmm. you're, and you're, you're in, the in a prison for eight years, yep. being tortured pretty much nonstop. Like, so I think it's a good reminder. And, and And first of all, we should point out that in a lot of ways, that is probably more normative for the history of the uh, faithful Christians mm-hmm. throughout the history of the church than our experience. We're yeah. we're the anomaly. So I, I hope that if people read that, it's not it's not to bum them out as much as to encourage them that even though an election might not go our way, <laughs> we got a pretty sweet deal yeah. going here, right? Like sure. we are incredibly free. Yep. We're incredibly free. Nobody has to worry about getting turned into the secret police for being a Christian. And then Monday morning, you're just going to be gone. Right. And your family's going to be homeless. Like that isn't a realistic. And the public's concern. like, who's this guy? We've never known him. Right. He yeah. Never existed. I mean, we, we should, we should be, we should recognize and, and, and give thanks to God for how blessed we are, you know? Word. And, and I understand we don't know what tomorrow holds, but, Let's be realistic about our situation a little bit. It's not that, you know. Word. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Um, so with with Dana's um startling absence, I, I decided to choose two <laughs> books this evening. Nice. So we didn't we didn't fall behind numbers wise. One there is a go. book that I've read, one is a recent book that I've only just acquired and have not read yet. Okay, uh, but I read the table of contents and it looks, <laughs> it looks, looks incredible. like good stuff. All right. Yes. So for for the book that I have read, uh, I want to take us back to the uh, the Puritans, the Bruised Reed, the Bruised Reed by my boy Richard Sibbs. Um, nice. The uh, they called him the the sweet dropper. Uh, always talking about the the mercy of Christ, and this is kind of the in his ministry the the magnum opus about um Christ's heart toward his people um you know how that he won't um break the bruised reed or uh, or uh, quench the smoking flax um and so uh, you know for people who are embattled uh, feeling embattled um feeling um brought down by circumstances um that is a really great book uh it's short it's it's very 
um, for for a Puritan work, uh, we usually think of their books as being really big. Um, this is, I think, maybe three or four, maybe more sermons stitched together. Um, nice. Just really, really good. Um, you can read it in bite-sized portions and get a lot of good from that. Highly recommend The Bruised Read by Richard Sibbs. And then uh, lastly, the book that I just acquired, um, and it's uh, it's uh, quite consistent with what anybody might know about me. It's called The Lord Bless You and Keep You. <laughs> yes. Nice. By Michael J. Glodo, who I don't know who he is, but, uh, but this is a, a crossway book. Um, and it's a it's a study, a, a meditation through the uh, the ironic blessing. So I'm, sweet. I'm excited to read that here soon. Um, and uh, glad to recommend it even before I've read it, if that's not against the rules. <laughs> No, I don't think it's against the rules. We can do whatever we want. Dana's not here to stop us. <laughs> oh, the freedom. Oh, yeah. The things we could do. Yeah. Well, any uh, any last thoughts before I, I bless us out? No, I think uh, I think we covered it. Bless away. Wonderful. Wonderful. And uh and for, for Dana, if he's listening, I, I hope uh your your quest against the Mothman is going well. And uh, we're, we look forward to seeing you back at home again uh, and, and, and get its uh, ferocious head uh, mounted on your on your office wall um, like a like a buck you shot or something. Indeed. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. 